Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Community FC. We've got another episode of the Roundup Review uh, coming to you. This is going to be episode six of season two. Um, we've got some really interesting topics to talk about today. Uh, one of them, a very recurring theme that we talked about, which is going to be the spicy relegation battle, and it's heating up every week at the moment, it seems. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, talking about the, the title leaders again. As there was a kind of a swing in the, the top two teams uh, this weekend as well. Uh, and then we're going to get into a more heavy-hitting subject, which I'm sure you can probably all guess, but we'll wait to the end. But before of that let me introduce my current and constant co-host rich how you doing mate very well thank you Ada. thanks again for having me it's a pleasure to be back hosting with you it's always a pleasure to have your mate so um let's just jump into it i think um let's start at the top of the table why not and we'll, we'll go backwards um so obviously uh some results went went differently uh, this weekend than than some people uh have admitted uh admitted sorry we're, we're expecting that's more i should say um so obviously Crystal Palace uh, managed to get a result um, against City, not for the first time this season either. So they, I think they are uh, one of the only teams as well to, to not concede a goal against Manchester City all season, which is very impressive, I do say so myself. Yeah, Palace are a, uh, they're somewhat of a bogey team for City. They're up there with, uh, with Southampton, mm-hmm. which obviously um, Southampton didn't concede a goal uh, in the home game earlier yep. in the season and yep. took took a point from the Etihad as well Absolutely. Uh, and also Tottenham as well seemed to be a bit of a bogey team for Man City um, so I don't know what it is about that but yeah I mean I think no one really expected that result and I, to be honest I think when you when you have a team of City's calibre mm-hmm. you don't ever really expect them to drop points no so it's always a bit of a surprise when they do yeah, I think so as well. And I think especially after they didn't get points at the Selhurst Park, you th- thought for damn well sure they were going to get points um, this time. So I, I think it's really interesting that, um, that yeah, as you said, it is a bit of a bogey team for Pep. And it also is, you know, one of those things that the age-old question they were like when they didn't get Kane in the summer, are they going to rue the day that they didn't have an actual striker? And I, I don't think that's necessarily the case in this fixture. I just think... Um, you know, Crystal Palace dug in and made some unbelievable saves and did some great defending. Um, and it is what it is. But obviously that means it does open up the title race a little bit more. We kind of said, don't blow, blow everything out of proportion before, but I'm not saying you should do that again, but again, it's another slip. Um, so it, it's an interesting one. And obviously it means that Liverpool are, you know, still in that race. It, you know, it's still cities at the moment. So if we look at it now, City are on 70 points and they play 29 games um, and Liverpool are on 66 points and they play 28 games. So it's still very close at the top. But do you know what? That's what people want at the end of the day. We don't want a title race that we've seen in years to come where one team has absolutely run away with it. So I think, you know, having a little bit of excitement at the top and the bottom of the table is a, is a great way for a team is not in either of those kind of battles at the moment um, to watch. Yeah, and it, and it's worth noting. I mean, Liverpool are playing currently, as we speak, against Arsenal. Um, but also, they've got obviously City coming up. They've yep. got um, United coming up. Yeah, rescheduled um, match. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they're the two big. I think they've got a slightly harder run. Yeah, than City. Yeah. City have only got um, Liverpool, and if we look at City, they've got Burnley, Wolves, Leeds, Villa. You know, all bottom and a half. Yeah. Um, bottom of the table sort of teams so I think yeah Liverpool's running is is definitely harder than City's but I mean they're playing some great football as well at the moment so I definitely wouldn't discount them no absolutely but I think I think I'm right in saying uh that I think both of us are probably of the opinion that it's still City's to lose and it's uh you know yeah 
uh, you know, Liverpool are playing exceptionally well as well. But yeah, I, I don't think anything's going to change there. But, you know, we, we say that before and they've dropped more points. So we'll, we'll stay tuned and we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll move on to, uh, which, you know, we've talked about before and I will say the same thing again, but it is the most fascinating part of the Premier League season this year by an absolute mile. Uh, and that's the relegation battle. It's been absolutely heating up again. And it was a very, very big weekend um, for, for lots of the bottom teams um, for, for lots of reasons. So, um I'll give you a quick kind of oversight for for people as well. Um, but just, you know, talking about the 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 what happened in those games and, and how that has kind of affected the other one. So, you know, for me, I think it all started with um kind of the Brentford game. So Brentford won 2 0 over Burnley. That was a big game for Burnley. And you, you talked about Brentford potentially getting pulled into kind of those bottom ones. I think they'll be fine, but that's you know, show of intent from them in a statement, and it's it's points that Burnley couldn't afford to to drop. Um we then go into Everton, you know, their woes increasing as they lost 1-0 to Wolves and they are pushed down into just above the relegation zone. And we'll get on to games played and stuff in a minute, but, you know, that still is then. Uh, you know, Watford, uh, and I don't, you, you don't want me to mention this one, but Watford, you know, getting a, a win against Southampton as well is massive for them. Um, again, probably not enough to save them as we discussed before, but but that kind of is them. Uh, before we go into kind of the points and games played, do you have anything to kind of add to those? No, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's this relegation battle each each time we speak about this and it is probably has been in every episode for the last three or four weeks. Yeah. It has been, yeah, it's getting spicier and spicier as we go on um, and it's absolutely fascinating to watch um, some of the teams and I'm actually, I'm not that sad that Watford beat us to be honest because mm-hmm. I, I like Watford. I think they're, mm-hmm. I think they're a, quack, a cracking team. I think Hodgson's a, is a good manager and I think he'll do I think he. I think he. If, if anyone's going to mastermind an escape for him, it, it it's going to be the Royal awesome. special. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they already look like you know ten times the team they were. <laughs> Defensively, before. they look totally yeah. different, don't they? It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's really interesting, and, and and notably, and I've purposely done this as well, and I'm sure uh, you, you've seen this, Rich. That I haven't even included Newcastle because I don't think we're including them in that relegation battle anymore. We think they're probably going to be okay, so yeah, I've kind of. In- I think they're probably safe. Yeah, we've included the teams that well. So, um, so we will talk about um kind of games in hand as well because that very much does come into play. I'll quickly just run through the table, um, just to kind of put it in perspective again, like I did. So currently sitting in 16th, we've got Leeds 26 points, 29 games played. Uh, Everton, 22 points, but again, only 26 games played. So they do, even though they're looking a lot worse, and again, on the field as well, they are looking a lot worse, um, but they do have games in hand to kind of turn it around. And then Watford, again, 22 points, but they have played 29 games. So, you know, that's kind of catching up with them. Uh, And then Burnley, 21 points, but again, 27 games played. So again, Burnley and Everton are the ones that have more games in hand and you know you're going to see a couple of these double weeks later on where who knows what's going to happen and that could completely change those kind of bits um but yeah you know uh Leeds as well I don't think sorry I mentioned that that you know they had a vital last minute goal I think it was 94 minutes that they did against Norwich so we, we've all said that Norwich even though they have looked better are definitely condemned to that bottom spot uh, but you know that could be huge points for Leeds at the end of it like it could be for Burnley yeah. so um but yeah, massive games in hand for Burnley and Everton um but form's not looking great for both of them. So that's, you know, something we'll, we'll keep an eye on. But honestly, if you put money on it before, you wouldn't have thought that Everton would be slipping this far down. I know they've got games to play, but they just keep playing, getting worse and worse at the moment. It's a little bit exciting, really, because, you know, there's part of me that, you know, that likes the chaos of Everton being down there. You know, we've seen it before, you know, a couple of years ago when Arsenal had a really bad start to the season and they were down 
down there, you know, it's, it's a little bit exciting when you see one of these big teams <laughs> don't flirting with relegation. You yeah. really don't expect it. So, you know, it's, it's almost the the polar opposite of Leicester winning the winning the league. Yeah, seeing a big team like this, you know, well, in a and, relegation battle, and one super so much history because I believe they're one of only two teams that have never been relegated from the Prem. From yeah. so that's you know that is something, and especially when you think about for fans that it must be the worst thing in the world when you're thinking about they're spending. I can't remember how much is ridiculous amounts of money on their lovely new dockside stadium, <laughs> and that could be Championship Stadium if they're not careful. Um, madness. Anyway. Uh, we will move on to, um, it's been a fairly short podcast, but this is going to be the main chunk of it, I think. And uh, it's something that me and Rich kind of talked about off camera uh, a little bit. And we, you know, it's definitely something we wanted to talk about. Um, and we've kind of half hit the, the topic in a sense, but this is more footballing related. We talked about it before, uh, the heavy hitting stuff, which is obviously happening in Ukraine at the moment. But we really wanted to focus um, this main part of the podcast this week on what's been happening with Chelsea um, and what's been happening with Abramovich and sanctions from the UK government and all that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of angles to talk about this. I've got a lot of bullet points down. Um, So we're just going to kind of deep dive into it again. We are not, uh, you know, we're we're not involved in it from it being our club. We're not involved in it from, from lots of angles, but we think it's a really important thing to to talk about. Um, So I'll let you kick off on this one, Rich, and you can kind of give the audience a a taste of what's been happening and then we'll, we'll break some of the topics down. Sure. So uh, I guess if, uh, to start with, if, if you're listening to this podcast, then you'll probably be uh, in the know in the football world. But just to sum up, obviously, yeah. uh, due to the uh, the current war in Ukraine, uh, uh, the UK government has decided to sanction a lot of um, uh, Russian uh, businessmen and uh, people linked to Putin. Uh, one of which, um, which came out last week, was Roman Abramovich, obviously the Chelsea owner. Uh, now, what that means in real time is that Chelsea's accounts are effectively frozen uh, in order that, so that Abramovich doesn't make any money from it. So, mm-hmm. so what that means is uh, is that Chelsea will not be able to buy or sell or negotiate contracts of any of their players. Yep. It means that um, if Abr- Abramovich wants to sell the club, he will then have to hand the club over to the government and take um, nothing from the proceeds of that sale. Um, and then there's um, the kind of minutiae of the detail that you might not think about. Uh, for example, the Chelsea Megastore and club shop is now shut. You cannot mm-hmm. purchase replica shirts or merchandise or anything like that. Uh, ticket sales have been suspended. So unless you... Uh, bought a ticket prior to the 10th of March, yep. I think it was, yep. um, or have a season ticket, you can't attend matches, which obviously means as an away fan, you can't attend matches. Um, there's also uh, restrictions on um, the uh, travel arrangements for away games, I believe up to £20,000 per team. Yeah I've, yeah, I've got some stats now when we go into that, we'll detail um, that section. And then obviously uh, they are allowed to fulfill fixtures and pay for stewards, catering, policing, uh, et cetera, uh, up to, I think, about 500 grand per game, um, which is, it's huge. I mean, this is, we, we've not seen anything like this. Um, you know, obviously we're living in, in kind of unprecedented times anyway with mm-hmm. the, the Russian-Ukrainian uh, crisis, but we've not seen anything like this, um, any sanctions like this imposed on any clubs before, uh, and it could potentially cause a lot of problems for Chelsea. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think it, the, the the thing we need to stress uh, before we kind of really deep dive anything because it's it's all unknown at the moment, really. Like it's kind of uh, it's kind of play it by ear and lots of stuff, even from the government sanctions. Like there, there's a lot of uncertainty and unknown about uh, all sorts of stuff. But what we really wanted to do was um, talk about some of the subjects which people might not have thought about, how it's going to impact the club or impact the fans um, and, and lots of stuff. And I just think, first of all, I think before we even get into this, I think there's a really interesting interesting debate um well not debate i think we'll probably both be on the same page but an interesting point to bring up which is i understand as a football fan and i know this more than lots of clubs you can't control who your owners are you can do lots to protest them you can do lots to do that and i understand that it's not some chelsea fans fault that roman Bramovich took your club over lots of people however will kind of look the other way or um you know, not be so so against the things when when Roman Ramovich has put so much money into the club and kind of really given the success to to Chelsea um, in in recent years, he's made them the modern Chelsea that is winning you know European trophies, that is winning you know Premier Leagues over and over again. But there has to be, and this is kind of my point, there has to be some kind of fan perspective when you do have prospective owners and stuff like this and you can make your voices heard because you know we we've looked about it with um kind of some of the saudi takeovers as well some of the human rights issues and stuff going on over there and it you know and the the, the voices do get do get drowned out somewhat when there's success and there's winning involved and stuff but you know a football fan it is also your responsibility in any small way to keep your club responsible for stuff that does happen on and off the pitch as well and 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 your owners are and we, we've seen it a lot of times from from the ground up really in in all kinds of leagues that sometimes they take these options because it's a quick fix and it's a quick fix for success and it's a quick fix for you know money coming into that club but it's not necessarily the best end goal and if your owner has even the slightest potential to come back and kind of bite you in the arse, then that's something you're bored and your fans kind of just need to be aware of and, and, and take a look at themselves. Yeah. And I mean, this is a conversation we've had, we've, we've had, uh, uh, you know, a lot, especially talking to, uh, to Jamie, one of the other community FC friends, mm-hmm. um, obviously he's a Chelsea fan. Um, yeah. and, and really where I fall on this is, uh, as a football fan, yeah, I empathize with Chelsea fans. Absolutely. I really do. But as a fan of another Premier League team, it couldn't happen to a better club. We've had 20 years of uh, Chelsea winning titles, winning cups, lording over everyone with dirty money. Um, and now the time the time has come to pay the bill. You know, it's unfortunately if this is what this is what's going to happen. And I, I, you know, the other thing, hopefully, what this does in the future is means that the discourse around ownership of clubs um, is, is stronger and hopefully a bit more fans, you know, more, Absolutely. more of the fans might kick back at that. Now I'm talking specifically at Newcastle here mm-hmm. because as, how can you as a Newcastle fan sit there and condemn Chelsea fans when Saudi Arabia have just executed 81 people, which is the biggest massacre in modern Saudi history. Mm-hmm. Um, and how can you sit there and and ignore that fact? Because one day this is going to happen to your club. Because this is only going to bring bring the, the spotlight out. Yeah. And it's going to highlight to everyone that, that there is a lot of dodgy money. And it is, you know, it's sport washing. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, there's so many clubs that are like it and I'm not going to uh, sit here and be completely innocent in it. Like what 
my club is doing on a completely different level in terms of rinsing a club for business rights and stuff as well as just as uh, like is is sorry not as bad as obviously it's two different levels of that i'm talking, not talking human rights i'm talking at, at you know different club levels but again it comes down to we've always been ages talking about this but it comes down to something we talked about a lot especially in the super league stuff was happening fan representation is 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 so important and it needs to be taken a lot more seriously there needs to be you know whether we're taking the rule from germany whether what we're doing there needs to be some fan representation at the top level as well and there needs to be some say in these matters um that that the fans can help control this stuff and it's not just a business decision like newcastle to in, invest loads of money and you know to take take whatever money where it's come from as well and just you know people will forget about it when they're winning european trophies or potentially the premier league in a few years time um, I, I just think it's one of them. Anyway, so um, we'll, we'll kind of move on quickly. So uh, the, 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 the things I want to say, and actually I do want to talk about this quickly, actually, sorry, before we start this. So we're going to talk about the, the from the players and the fans' perspective. And I, again, want to, to reiterate what Richard said. As a football fan, I, you know, and, and having friends like Jamie and other friends that support Chelsea, I do feel very sorry for them. I sympathise with them from, from that perspective. But they, yeah, what you've said, you know, there is you know, reasons for the, for this to happen. Um, but I also do want to say one thing, which is, is not controversial, but I'm just stepping in the shoes of Roman Abramovich for a second slightly as well. And I do want to say, no matter where his money has come from and no matter what it is behind the guy, you cannot say that he didn't love the club and try and give that club everything at the same time. So that is, you know, something that we will say. And, you know, even again this is more controversial but there's some stuff behind the scenes uh, you know it could be because he's trying to push the sale through easily or something like that or it generally just could be his love for Chelsea but he's already said that they don't need to pay back the 1.4 billion I think it is interest that they owed him already on top and he's gone no it's fine um, so you know that could be for the wrong reasons but you know I'm going to take it as the right reasons for now and just say you know that's something to put as a counter argument he loves that football club and he has done a hell of a lot for them attended a lot of games and put a lot of passion into it behind the scenes so you know there is that angle to go on um so i just want to kick off so i've got a couple of sections and we'll kind of run through them so um first of all uh rich so we've seen um we'll both talk about this but like we've seen some comments from both the the managers uh, and the players around this i mean there's been a lot of both sides of things you've had jamie carragher come out and gone you know i should get too short as soon as possible you've had two come out and say I'm staying and all that kind of stuff. And you've had some of the players, um, interesting enough, come out and say some stuff. But what's your views on that? And what do you think is going to happen with with managers and players, I guess? So, so I think what we need to do with this is look at them as not what they are, football players, and look at them. Imagine if that was you or I. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you one day woke up and found out your company had done something awful, uh, the bottom line is you're still going to go in and do your job because you need the money. Mm-hmm. Now, it's obviously with footballers, it's slightly different because, you know, they can break contracts and go find, you know, especially players of, of Chelsea's calibre are going to find it really easy to get, you know, another job. Um, but if you think about it that way, there's not an awful lot you can do as a player, um, you know, short of coming out and condemning. Yeah. Um, and, you know, potentially being breach of contracts. I'm sure there's a lot of legal ramifications there. Now, I'm sure there are some players that, you know, did speak to their agent, speak, you know, speak to a lawyer, speak to um, the, 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 PF, the PFA and, and, and find out where they stand on it. Because, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, everyone pretty much in the world is against this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but all you can do is get on and do your job 
at the end of the day. Um, they're paid. They're paid to play, and as as long as there's money in the bank, yeah. and they are getting paid, then you know I, I completely understand them just wanting to get on and do it. Um, the the thing like um, reference uh, Tuchel uh, and going to United, uh, Jamie Carragher. It just he just talks out of his ass all the time. Anyway, um, I think a lot of the time, what what I've noticed, especially in recent years, the Sky pundits are just. They're just they're looking for inflammatory uh, comments, and mm-hmm. if you if you go back through the season and look at every single manager that Sky pundits have linked to United, I'm sure you'll get a full set. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. go back three weeks and they were saying Hasenhutl was the man. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 crazy when you think about that. But uh, the bottom line is they're there to sell headlines. Yeah, of course they are. Um, I think Tuchel is is he's, he, you know he he seems to be loyal to the club. Mm-hmm. He seems to be responsible for the club, yeah. uh, and not only that, he is he he feels almost like a father figure to those Chelsea lads. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I think he as long as there's you know one of them lads still there at Chelsea, then you know, especially in this situation, he's not going to abandon them. And that and that was kind of my point that we're going to get onto. I I think the 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 main thing that you've also said is yes, some people are obviously going to turn up because it's your job, but I think especially depending how long this goes on and including the summer and stuff, what you'll see is who's committed to the club and who's committed to the paycheck. And that's a really interesting thing with football as well, where there's going to be some players that are going to be like, no, I, you know, I bleed blue. I am, you know, I'm here for this club and I'm going to do that. And there's going to be others that are like, I'm off. And But there's obviously different sides of the story as well. Like, you're going to have some players, which, you know, we will talk about as well. Um, you know, there's going to be players that are going to be leaving on free transfers and that's going to kind of, they're obviously going to leave. But if your contract is not running out this summer, but your contract is running out soon, you may be worried about your future too. So you might be looking to secure, a, a, you know, to a different club, a, a contract because you're worried that what's going to happen to Chelsea sanctions if this goes on longer, you don't know. Um, but I do think what you said about Tuchel is absolutely bang on. And, you know, some of the comments he's made is great. He's like, I'll absolutely be here. You know, he's like, obviously we've got to take it week by week because you don't know what's going to happen but you know until then he's you know you know he's the man for that and I've I, you know I've also seen him say on some of the travel restrictions he's gone if I have to hire a seven-seater van I'll drive it you know and it, it, that's what you but that's what you want from your your manager and that's what you want from a club and I even saw today I think it was um Kai Havertz come out and saying he's happy to pay for his own travel for for this some of the European nights and stuff like that you know he wants to play football and he wants to represent this club and you know that's someone going I get paid an extortionate amounts of money I'll dip into my pocket now and again to uh, to get me where I need to go and and that's what you want to see from your players I think it's um, yeah it's a really interesting situation um, but speaking of players before we go into kind of travel we kind of talked about this as well and you know we said that there's going to be a lot of players leaving on freeze a lot of defenders leaving on freeze. Um, so that's obviously going to weaken their team and some of their big players like Rudiger and stuff who, you know, they might have still been desperately trying to do contract extensions with and that's probably not going to be on the cards or happen now. Are they going to have to rely on low knees like Conor Gallagher and, and, and stuff coming back? Potentially. Yeah, I mean, so in a way, you, as a Chelsea fan, I think you might be actually a little bit happy to see that because, um, you know, a lot of these players are top quality. You know, and, and as a Saints fan, I'm gutted now because the chances mm-hmm. of us landing Brozier, yeah, you know, are you know very very slim unless um, the sanctions are lifted. Yeah. Um. So you know, I think they have got a great academy. Whether this means that Chelsea will be able to compete on the same level that they currently do, I don't think so because you know they've got 
especially a lot of their backup defense is quite aging. Mm-hmm. You've got Azpilicueta, he's leaving this this season. Yeah. Christiansen and Rudiger. Yeah. That's three massive senior experienced defenders. Um and that doesn't leave an awful lot on the books. Yeah. Um uh- the, the only thing I will say as a counter argument and some some very small solace for, for Chelsea fans out there, you kind of have to think of this right now until your future's solved. Think of it a bit like when you had sanctions put against you before because you broke financial fair play rules. And, you know, Lampard came in and you wouldn't necessarily have had people like Reese James and Mason Mount playing in your team anywhere near as much if those hadn't happened. So, and, you know, let's face it, it's been a bit of a joke for years now about how many players Chelsea have had out on loan. And obviously that's going to be changing as well. But you do have a hell of a lot of talented people on your book still coming back. So it's not like you're going to be in the worst situation possible. Well, the other unforeseen problem in this is that, yeah, the the, the loan rule is changing, um, which means that Chelsea are either going to have to, these loan players that are coming back in, they're either going to have to play mm-hmm. or Chelsea are going to have to sell. Yep. Uh, if they are allowed to sell. Yeah. Or, 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 or what do they do? Do they cut, do they cut contracts? Well, that's, yeah. You know, that's... Because they can't have these players on the books. And that's what I was going to say you as well. Because you only, you can only have, is it 25? Is it 25 players registered? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Something, yeah. something like that. Um, and then you can only have, is, I think it's a maximum of like seven players out that's going to something, you know, and I think this season Chelsea got like 28 players out. So assuming you've already got your, your, your first team registered, you can only, 21 of them low-knee players are going to have to be cut because... They can't play for Chelsea, but they can't go back out on loan. Yeah. So there has to be a decision made somewhere along the line there. Yeah, and 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 what you've touched on as well is also a really interesting one because we, we're hoping, and obviously Community FC and both me and Rich and, and, and most people in the world are hoping this is going to come to an end really soon for Ukraine's sake. Um, and and everyone, you know, we don't want you know innocent Russian soldiers who've been you know hoodwinked into doing it dying either or any anything like that. We don't want you know all that stuff. But I just if it does go on for the length of time and they do have this certain amount of money that they have left in the club, they might not only be losing these people on free transfers, they might have to sell people to keep their wage budget going. They might have to sell people to fund, to fund moves, to make their squad, um, you know, and, and, and there's knock on effects from that. Depending what happens, they could be hit by breaching financial fair play again for not being able to pay players off. Chelsea could, this is a, you know, this is a probably quite a stretch, but they could end up with minus points at the start of the season, a bit like Derby if, if something happens. I don't even think that's that much of a stretch, to be honest with you, because Chelsea have got, I think I read somewhere that they've got £60 million in assets that they can use to pay players. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they've got they've got a £28 million wage bill. So, so the money isn't there. Yeah. They, they, I don't know how they're going to fulfil their contracts with players uh, unless this is resolved quickly. Yeah. But even then, you know, there's probably going to have to be some sort of fire sale in the summer because they've got players who are stealing a living at that club mm-hmm. and getting paid a lot of money for it. Yeah. And and some of them, like uh, one, one of them that instantly comes to my mind and it's it, it just hasn't worked out for him and lots of bad stuff's happened. But if they needed to cash in on a player and they're not playing him, Lukaku's the instant one that jumps to your mind because he's got some resale value. They've just bought him for a crazy amount of money. You, could, you know, if, if you're selling him for, let's say, 70, 65, I don't know how much they'd cut for him not playing. But, you know, that's money then to invest and pay for wages and stuff. It might have to happen. 
But not only that, I think he's on something like 360 or Yeah, I'm sure he is. But also, week. interesting enough, if he didn't want to move, it's going to put them in a whole world of situation about having to pay off contracts and stuff as well. It's that, yeah, all of that stuff is just not putting them um, in a good situation. And, and we'll move on to tra- travel restrictions. We kind of talked about it as well. Um, so, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, Chelsea manager who um, are playing Lille tonight, uh, as, as we're currently doing it. Um, they said that they've made adjustments to travel with a £20,000 budget um, instead of, uh, they said, um, the amount that is usually spent on an away Premier League match, which I was shocked by. This is thirty grand um, usually. Wow. So according to, to that article, um, and he said, in, you know, with the European uh, away fixtures actually adds even more of a premium on top of it as well when it comes to flights and private jets and stuff like that. So, you know, that is you know, crazy. And we'll see what happened with that. And I just wanted to kind of uh, segue into the next topic. Cause I think there's so many, we could, we could touch on so much. We could talk about this for hours, um, but we'll kind of keep going through the points. So speaking of people traveling, so I want to talk about the, the FA cup and I'll let you kick off on this one. Cause I think it's a pretty outrageous ask if I'm honest, but you go. Yeah. So uh, if, if, if you haven't heard uh, Chelsea requested for the Middlesbrough FA cup, uh, quarterfinal to be played behind closed doors to protect sporting integrity, mm. which is, I'll be honest, one of the most lacking of class gestures I've ever seen from a so, club. So they don't want to because it's an advantage for Middlesbrough, right? That's simple as yeah, simple as that. Let's not let's not forget the fact that Chelsea have spent hundreds of millions of pounds on their squad because you know what if Middlesbrough said, well, I don't want you to play any of your players that have cost you over £10 million because that's an advantage to Chelsea. This is, this is unfortunately, what happens when you get an FA Cup draw. Sometimes mm-hmm. you get a home draw, sometimes you get an away draw. Yeah. Suck it up. Like, I just think there's such a, that was such a ill-advised request. Absolutely. And brought more negative attention to the club when it is drowning in negativity at the moment. Because how they thought that, I mean, it still hasn't been decided, I believe, which is the remote, even more ridiculous thing. I think it's been decided officially tonight. They've, um, they've withdrawn the request. Oh, have they? Good. That was, I didn't know that. There's an update from earlier. Because let's, let's face it, let's go one, one, that's already a bigger team and a Premier League bias that they're trying to put on to, to the FA for, for that request. But two, I'm sorry, if your club have been sanctioned, you have to take everything like that on the chin. And like they're letting you play and they're letting you compete still, which could have been a much worse situation for Chelsea. But the fact you're like, no, we're going to ask that no mid. So, so why should Middlesbrough fans have to not go and, and support their team against what is probably going to be the biggest fixture of their season? Like, do, do you know what I mean? Because they've progressed the rounds yeah. and they've played some big teams already. But that's that's ridiculous. I saw that to Middlesbrough, uh, a quote from them, they said they said they would challenge the bizarre and ironic request in the strongest possible terms, which I think is absolutely fair play. But also, yeah. Chelsea had only sold between 500 and 600 tickets in their £4,620 allocation before the licensing, to, uh, you know, came into effect on March the 10th. So they've just gone, got 500 fans versus the whole stadium. It is what it is. You've you, you've put sanctions on your club. You, they that's going to be it. If you get five hundred people that are still allowed to go, they will have to be your fan supporters. And I hope that the team you know goes over and gives them a massive round of applause, no matter what the result for them going to support their club. Still, uh, if it is a small amount, but 
that that's what that is what the rules are at the moment. That is what you're going to get, and you can't put a dampener on other fans that have done absolutely nothing wrong just because you think it's an advantage. And yes, fans do help, but that's the way it is. Is a stunningly idiotic request. I don't know why they thought that would be well received at all. No, I, I don't, and I just think that's. Yeah, it, it's absolutely bonkers. And I haven't actually seen too many fan reactions yet, so I'm not sure how they're feeling about it either. I'm sure there's some for and some against. But speaking of fans, um, we've touched on some points as well. I just want to talk about it from the fans' perspective for a second, because as we've said, megastores closed down. You want to buy a Chelsea shirt, you want to buy a Chelsea key ring, you can't. Um, you want to be able to buy tickets, you can't, unless you're a season ticket holder uh, and stuff like that. We said we sympathise with them. I do think, personally that it is harsh that they still can't buy tickets to go and support their team and watch their team. You know, there's people that have planned, excuse me, holidays, lives, all that kind of stuff around watching these matches. And yes, the club sanctions should be hit and they should be hit hard. I'm not trying to say that, but they're, they're putting the fans at, um, in, in, in harm, it, it, like they're, they're, sorry, they're paying for it at the same time and they haven't technically done anything wrong in that sense. You know, as we said, they could have spoken out a bit more, but decisions will be made regardless if the fans had gone, we don't want Abramovich, which, you know, is what it is. They've, they've done it for a business reason. I did see, however, I was watching, um, it was actually Spence um, FC who was talking about it yesterday and it's actually a, a really good point and I think other people have made it as well. That just happened to be where I saw it uh, and I'm putting my source out there. Um, but they said, why can't, they said, you know, mega stores are a different thing, but they said they could do it for both, but specifically match tickets as well. They said, why can't you, if the government is kind of involved in the sanctions at the moment and, and, and doing it, why can't they still sell tickets and still sell kits and stuff like that? Uh, for, you know, people's birthdays and all kinds of stuff that they, they're not thinking about the fan impact again. You know, if your son or daughter had wanted a kit and it was their birthday just coming up and now all of a sudden the mega store shut. Uh, you know, there's other places to get them, obviously, but you see my point. Um, but what they were saying that the point was, they were like, why can't the money be go- sent to the government so the government can send it to Ukraine? Like, there's there's a way to still do something to to fund a, a better so, outcome. I think the the answer to this is because no one cares about the fans, mm-hmm. and I, and unfortunately, that's the state of football. At the moment. Yeah, it's Chelsea, it's the business about, we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. This is all about money. It's all about you know cash in pockets of you know people around the world. Uh, it, it us the the fan is the last thought. Unfortunately, you see it when when clubs put more hospitality seating in. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it when season tickets prices prices rise, when ticket prices rise. Um, pricing out, you know, lower income families, working class families from, yep. from, from a day at the football. You know, my granddad, you know, didn't have a lot of money, but he had a season ticket at Southampton mm-hmm. and, it, and, it, and it cost him a few quid. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, that, and he was down there every weekend. So, you know, for, for me now, I mean, I just, I just bought a, a ticket to the Arsenal game and it's cost me only 55 quid mm-hmm. just, for, just for a single ticket. Yep. <clears throat> which is absolutely outrageous. Um, so the fans, they're, they're the last things people think about. The other thing is, obviously, logistically, I imagine that's going to be a nightmare, oh, yeah, nightmare to sort out. You know, I work for a, 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 you know, a large Fortune 500 company with, uh, with multiple um, operating companies across Europe, and the financial structure of that is an absolute mess, Yeah. Uh, realistically. Um, and trying to get information between everyone is a nightmare. I can only imagine the logistics involved in setting up. You probably have to set up, you know, 
a different account for that money to get paid yeah. into. Yeah. And honestly, the, gov- the government don't care. Yeah, they, they weren't worth the they? effort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not worth the effort. Because if, if, if Chelsea do get sold, which it looks like, you know, it will, then then that, that problem solves itself. You know, it's yeah. not worth the effort of setting that. Yeah, that it up. doesn't matter how many fans that they, yeah, annoy or, or heartbreak for a couple of weeks from them. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a shame that something, there, there couldn't be a medium in between, which wasn't hurting the fans an, an insane amount, but also would still have severity of the sanctions. I think that's what everyone wanted. They wanted a medium between them. And I'm sure most football fans out there, if there's a shred of humanity and you do have a very slight sympathy, if you can put yourself in, the, in their shoes for, you know, 30 seconds. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, to mention that it is, it is kind of harsh on them in some senses, but again, your club has to, to pay for it. The, the other thing as well is uh, we haven't touched on it yet, but is the sponsorship. Absolutely. Um, and obviously three have pulled out. Hyundai have pulled out. So three's the, the front shirt. Hyundai's yep. the badge on the sleeve. Um, now, where does that stand uh, legally? You're now selling replica kits with those two mm-hmm. sponsors on it because they've pulled out of their deal. So yep. could Chelsea actually sell those kits anymore? Probably so, not. They can't print anything more because of the sanctions, yeah. which is the same reason why they played on the weekend with the sponsors on. Yeah. Because they don't have the money because they're not allowed to print new shirts. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, and and also that's a really good point to bring up to to something earlier we talked about. You know, they are not small deals; they are a lot of the income. You know, that front spur, uh, the sorry, excuse me, but that front shirt sponsor. There we go. It's a tongue twister. Um, is a huge amount of money for a Premier League club. That is one of the yeah. biggest sponsors you get per year, and that you know, think about how much that pays for the infrastructure of your club in terms of wages and all sorts of stuff. You know, so the more that they pull out, the even worse, you know, more dire straight situation that that you're yeah. in financially. Um, so it's it, it's all these things to think about, and there will be more that follow um, because the companies don't you know want to be representing something that is linked to the thing is now you know there there was an interesting article i read the other day about whether chelsea as a brand were dead you know because there is a point there is a tipping point where there you know it's hard to come back from Mm -hmm. yeah i think at at what point do do chelsea stop getting blue chip brands yeah and all of a sudden you start getting you know chelsea with the the sports betting you know uh websites and stuff I think I think that's all time though, isn't it? I think the longer it goes on, the more likely they are to go. You know, they are such a big club name and they're such a household name, especially with the players and branding and stuff. That I think, I think stuff will be resolved more quickly than others, and that's kind of the last topic we'll kind of touch on in a second. But yeah, you know, eventually there could be a point when it does tip like that. Um, so we'll get onto it. So um, obviously there is the takeover. You know, talks happening again. It's very woolly on what the situations around the government, how it's been allowed to sell, who it's allowed to sell to. I don't think anyone, I don't, I honestly, I don't think the top boardroom level at Chelsea football club know the exact of when it will or won't be allowed to go through. If I'm completely honest, it seems to be from the government as well. Some, some, uh, you know, there, there was drip feeding when it first happened of information that was coming out and when the sanctions or what the sanctions would be and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it's very unknown at the moment. Apparently, there's a deadline of Friday for bidders, is what I've been reading uh, from lots of the sporting articles and, and, and publications. Um, but 
the big news today, which is kind of the last bit that we want, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, and I mean a lot of people who have tried to put a bid forward for Chelsea Football Club. Why wouldn't you? If you like football and you're looking for a business to invest in, I mean, that is very two separate arguments in one sense because it could end up being the Glazers way, which we'll talk about in a second as well. Um, but, you know, that there is going to be a lot of people out there wanting to buy that because the club have had so much success in recent years and how, how big a stature of the, the club that they are. Uh, but it was today that... Um, a very big company uh, and, and and people behind them are looking to buy Chelsea Football Club and they kind of came out and said that they are serious bidders um, and, and they're kind of pushing themselves to the forefront in a sense and it, it, it seems to all kind of blown up today so they're probably looking likely that they are um, which is the, the people behind the Chicago Cubs um, which is the Ricketts family so the American company um, have confirmed that they're a leading group of investors which will make a bid for Chelsea by Friday's deadline um, and it is also worth noting which I think is important to note in this as well that apparently the Ricketts have had uh, the major- uh, have had um, interest in the club since 2009 so it's not a spur of the moment bid they have been previously interested in acquiring Chelsea Football Club Um but we will see now instantly. And let's start with you, actually. What's your thoughts on that? Um, <clears throat> so I don't want to, I don't want to say too much because I know it's still up in the air. And yeah. there's also reports of uh, a kind of Saudi yeah, takeover, um, you know, which I think puts them in very sticky water again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Saudi Arabia seem to be the government's flavour of choice at the moment. For so now, but we'll see if what happens. Yeah, happens. Um, yeah exactly. So, so we'll see what happens there. You know, could could it be? A, I've seen some uh, some conspiracy theories on Twitter recently about uh, you know how it coincides with uh, Boris Johnson going across to Saudi Arabia to to beg for more oil. Mm-hmm. You know, a Chelsea being used as a bargaining chip in that. I mean, who no, knows? Put your tinfoil hat on and <laughs> yeah. you know, send your answers into the into the podcast. Um, but I think that the bottom line is you alluded to it earlier. You've got football as a business and football as someone who enjoys football. Yeah. And I don't think uh, you don't they don't often come together. It's no. quite rare. Roman Abramovich is is a rare it, one, yeah. It's a rare one. It, it yep. worked for him. Now, there are a few owners across the Premier League who do love the football mm-hmm. and love the business side of it. Yep. But I think if you get the Saudi-backed yep. investors, it's football as a business. Mm-hmm. The Ricketts family, you know, they are them and the investors. They 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 own a series of clubs, uh, sports teams across America. Mm-hmm. You'd 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 feel like that was a a safer bet, a safer pair of hands. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they would be able to provide the same level of investment no. that the the A Abramovich has done yeah. and B the Saudis could do, not a chance. Yeah. If they come in and get the club, then that club is going to be having a fire sale in the summer to to clear. It'll be a, it'll be along the lines of you know we we've, we've built the club, but you kind of need to be sustainable now. Yeah. Um, so that would it would change a lot of things for for um, for Chelsea. Yeah, and I I wanted to start, and I'm, you know we, we've said it again. I was literally going to open with 
no matter who comes in, there will never be someone that invests as much as Roman Abramovich does because he genuinely cared so much on the pitch as well. So, yeah, yes, in time, if or I should speaking out of term, a Saudi club could put a lot more money, uh, you know, into it than Abramovich has, but I don't see it happening. Is what I'm trying to say. I think that yeah, we've we've said he was kind of that rare breed in the middle. Now, the thing I wanted to bring up, which is why I'm very skeptical, and for obvious reasons, considering the club that I support, um, when I see. An American family who own other sports teams, I get very nervous very quickly for a team. Now, obviously, I'm not the biggest Chelsea fan. You know, they've I've been very big rivals for for my my team, Manchester United, in, in a lot of uh, you know the the modern era of the Premier League. Um, but what I will like to point out is, I would be extremely worried for a Chelsea fan to be put in my shoes in terms of them, uh, an American family bringing the club down and effectively just using the club as a cash cow and getting a, you know, we used to be a ridiculously one of the most profitable clubs, if not the most profitable club in in England by a very long way. And it used to be just organically done. There was no like massive club uh, company behind it. Uh, we, we used to do it. And obviously it was great business and sponsorships and all that kind of stuff, but it was success on the pitch and, and lots of money invested into us. But the Glazers take out a hell of a lot. And, you know, there's talks about Old Trafford being refurbed and stuff, but lots of it is all the time is smokescreen for other stuff that they get away with behind the scenes, everything they do. Now, you could say exactly the same thing um, with another American company from the FCG group that currently own Liverpool. Um, you know, obviously own the Red Sox as well, uh, Glazers own, you know, Tampa Bay. Um, and, and, and what happens is you have these, they, they invest in other ones as well. And even the Cronk, I don't know why I didn't mention this as well, the Cronkies, that the Rams have just won the Super Bowl as well on a really incredible, massive investment um, to try and win and make this big Hollywood Super Bowl. And it worked for them. But will they see it on the football pitch? Not a chance. Uh, because they use these big brand names to own them and they use them as businesses and they use them to use them for businesses. So the fact that they have been interested in part of the investment groups, they're not, they're not fully buying the club themselves as a family. It's part of a bigger investment group. There's a, there's a small chance that it might be a bit better because they've been interested before, or they could have just been interested from a business perspective before as well. And that's the problem. So you don't know what's going to happen, but that would be my skeptical view on it either way. Um, and I think that no matter who they get, there's going to be ups and downsides. And I do think no matter who they get, it's probably going to be at least 70, 30, if not more in terms of the business person rather than the football person, uh, the football fan in them. Um, but it, also, I think it, it, it will kind of, you know, finish in my opinion, unless you've got anything else to say, like talking about how it's it's all up in the air. Everything we've talked about is TBC. You know, we've heard about it, a Friday deadline being mentioned. No, nothing's confirmed that. I don't think properly about um, people to put their bids in. Uh, if these bids do go in, is there a timeline, you know, solidified at the moment of when they're going to be accepted? I don't think so. As I said, I don't think the, the Chelsea board know exactly what's going on. Um, you know, we, one thing we didn't mention, which probably should, is that, you know, Abramovich tried to give Chelsea over to the Chelsea trustee uh, and it didn't go through. And now this is why the sale has been pushed through and stuff. And, you know, and, and for, for, for Chelsea Football Club, for them as a business and them for the fans, the quicker it gets pushed through, the better and the more you can sort it out because the closer you get to summer, the worse things are going to happen and the knock-on effects of the loanee players, of the free transfers happening and of the potential wage issues. So everything's up in the air. Um, and, and that's all we can kind of say. We speculated on it. We've touched on quite a lot of topics that we think are important. Have you got uh, anything else, any other subjects or anything you want to touch on before we kind of close out? 
Sorry, mate, you cut out there a little bit just towards the end of that. I was just going to say, is there anything um, like we've, we've kind of run through all the main topics and stuff. Is there anything else you want to kind of touch on or bring up before no, we kind of close out on it? I think we've kind of, we've kind of covered the bases here today. As you said, everything is TBC at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this topic will pop up again in future episodes. Sure. Um, you know, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to digest, a lot of information. Um, so as soon as we get anything more, we'll share it with you guys as well. I hope. Yeah, and, and and let's just also put it out there. For we talked about news people trying to sell stories and stuff. It is a fascinating story, whether you're a football fan or not. Nobody thought this could kind of happen, uh, and it has happened. So we'll leave it there. Um, I just want to say, um, if you have been liking this content, don't forget to hit the thumbs up, uh, hit the notification bell, and subscribe to us because we do uh, these regular podcasts uh, and bring you lots of interesting stories and uh, lots of fun stuff about the football uh, topic in general and kind of the community and fans and people around football. Um, and I also uh, want to say that we are on Spotify. So if you prefer to be listening to us on Spotify or are listening to us on Spotify, don't forget to follow us uh, and give us a five-star rating because that really, really, really helps us out. Um, and, and finally, I just want to kind of say a big thank you again, Rich, for for coming on and being my constant co-host as always. It's always a pleasure to have you on and hear you talk about football. Not at all, mate. Thank you for having me as always. It's always a no, pleasure. It has been great. Um, so I hope everyone has a fantastic week. Um, if your team is playing regularly. If not, there's a lot of upcoming fixtures which have been scheduled around, moved because of uh, uh, like different competitions and stuff. And there's a little bit of a break anyway. So uh, we will see when the next episode's out. Uh, but if your teams have been playing, you know, good luck to them. Uh, enjoy some football, uh, stay safe out there and keep up to date with any kind of news that's been going on. And we will catch you all very soon. Thanks very much.